I hope you left room for dessert because NFL Week 12 left me stuffed along with Thanksgiving. How was your week, Cole? It was, uh, I was thankful, you know, full of thanks, stuffed of thanks, like you said. Um, I think that was your best intro yet. <laughs> that was a good one. How Welcome into another episode of Eminem Going Deep. It's our week 13 episode. Obviously, a lot has transpired, even with it just being Monday. Again, a special episode of Eminem Going Deep because we're recording on Monday again. This guy has to do the spur ride, and I've yet to pack my rucksack. What does the spur ride entail of, really quick? Uh, it entails of having a 35-pound ruck, rucking to different lanes and conducting different military exercises over the course of two two and a half days we'll ruck about 40 plus miles uh in between each lane and then like get smoked to the dog shit out of us at each lane sounds like you're excited for it all to just get a silver piece of metal on your boots it's okay. Just don't have your intestines come out. Get your hernia worse. Oh yeah, I don't want that to happen. I, I mean, out of my, my military career, I really would like to get, do this because, like, logistics officers don't get cool things. Like, if I could be a spur holder of a logistics officer, I feel like that's kind of cool. But speaking of spur rides, the Colts have spurs. Who else has who else has Spurs? The Colts, uh, the Broncos, the Texans, Texans. Too many of them. Oh so yeah, they're in their Spurs. Yeah, for the this week. Um. Okay, shall we start? You want to go back into Week Twelve? Yeah, we'll we'll dive into Week Twelve. I need, I know that we've okay. got we've got a bunch of stuff to go over. Housekeeping call, though. Have you uh, found a rebuttal to my mustache for the loser? No, not yet. No, not yet. Okay, next week. Next week. All right. Well, I thought about it, I thought about it this morning. I didn't have enough time to think about something genuine. There was something else I needed to clean up about uh, last episode, but I cannot think of it. Um, let's head into Thanksgiving Thursday where we had an early 12:30 game Green Bay Packers visit the Detroit Lions and Cole I was texting you and you must have been ecstatic Yeah I had to watch this one with my girlfriend's family who doesn't watch football which they were great about it they stayed invested and they were super welcoming to me and took interest into the game so was super grateful for you know them allowing me to watch the game. And then, you know, it was just bonus cherry on top that they, you know, cared about the game and were invested in the outcome of the Packers win. But speaking of the actual football game, just made me proud to be a Packers fan. For one, just to, you know, know that other people are watching what I've been, you know, trying to 
prove to people, which is that Jordan Love is the future of the Packers. I think Jordan Love is the guy. He excites, like, his ability and his talent. People would just want to nitpick the Packers franchise, in my mind. Specifically, Packers fans want to attack Brian Gutekunst, his drafting philosophy, all the way back to when we're in the NFC Championship against the Buccaneers, and we decide to, following that loss, we're one player away, we draft Jordan Love, and then we draft A.J. Dillon with our first two picks. People hate it. They hate the pick. They hate not only the position, but the player himself, Jordan Love, for three years, and don't see how he becomes successful. I mean, the stats don't even show how good he was in this game to me. Like the 268 yards. He was was methodical. He was methodical, picking apart the Detroit defense. And those throws, like his, yeah, his precision was insane. Um, Some of his throws were, were not just like, you know, they weren't easy, wide open passes. Like he was throwing his guys open. Um, we had 14, we had 11 starters out of this game and we had 14 players that actually play over 35% of the snaps on, on the team out for this game. There was no reason the Packers should have won. That's why they were nine point underdogs. Um, and it made me, I mean, obviously Rashawn Gary is the other side of the story. He was all over the field. Lions have nothing to worry about at eight and three. They're still going to win the NFC North. Uh, Dan Campbell mentioned he's not worrying, but it's just something to see with the Packers. That puts them in the five and six category. They're the eight seed right now. Every different like FPI index and projection, you know, sports book, all that shit has the Packers from a 44 to a 50% chance of making the playoffs from here on out with that win. So um, even with the loss of the Chiefs, there's a, I believe like a 70, there's like ESPN gives them like a 77% chance to make the playoffs, even with the loss of the Chiefs and one other game. If they lose to the Chiefs and Vikings and they go four and two the rest of the way, they'll, uh, there's a 77% chance to make the playoffs. But besides those, that, I was proud. Those schedules of those other teams are very difficult. And then we, we start to look at, you know, that current, Six seed of the Seahawks and how they're currently reeling and in a very tough road of their schedule playing 49ers getting smoked. We'll get into that a little bit later. Dallas this week on Thursday and then the 49ers again coming out of that. But mm-hmm. Packers firmly cemented themselves, in my opinion, in that six, seven seed of the NFC. And Cole, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but they seem to be getting a little hot. Defense is playing good. They made a couple changes. Your dude, uh, what's his name, Ballantyne? Yeah, I mean, well, Ballantyne, Ballantyne sucks. Um, Ballantyne ba- or Ballantyne? Ballantyne is good. He's the rookie seventh-round pick. Corey Ballantyne's the second-year undrafted free agent that's just kind of struggled. But again, our top five DBs have been out the last two weeks. And we've been playing with our like third stringer, third string defense in the secondary. So it's been impressive that we've held up that well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's not there's not much you can get mad about as a Packers fan. There's still a lot of still a lot to play. Um, I'm just happy to be watching meaningful football in the December. And I think you you definitely have a one-two punch on the outside now with uh, Reed and Watson now getting back back up to speed. But Jordan Love does look good, and it's nice to see. 
Yeah, next game, Cowboys, Commanders, just fucking another brutal matchup where the Cowboys beat their trash teams and then they, you know. They love to beat up on bad teams. That That is their M.O. They love to beat up on bad teams so much that they hid that turkey in the Salvation Army bin and waited until they were up three score or four scores in order to reveal it. I mean, you have to admit though, right now, to me, it looks like there's, I mean, I think the lions kind of surprised me, but I think the three best teams in NFC are the 49ers Eagles, and the Cowboys. And then the lions are TBD if they're right in that category, but they're, you know, that's like the green chip. And then, like, right below it is, like, a small second tier of the Lions. And then there's everyone else. Like, put everyone behind that. But, I mean, it was uh, something you expected the Cowboys to win. Wasn't a game. And then uh, Commanders Commanders end up firing Jack Del Rio after the game and end up firing their defensive backs coordinator. Chaos in Washington, but we all kind of saw the writing on the wall with them getting a new owner at the beginning of the season. Wants to get his guys in, and it sounds like it's going to be a sought after job because of how good of a how good Sam Howell has played this year. People are going to want to coach Sam Howell, but they have a lot of holes on that defense. I mean, you got to think it's it's the. Uh... Eric Bieniemy's team after this, in your yeah, mind, like I, I mean, he, he's taking the spot. I I don't know. I like it. Yeah, there's something inside, like about the whole situation that just makes me feel like it's they're they're not sold on giving the keys to Eric Bieniemy or something. Just like the last five years when he's yeah, interviewed in for Kansas head coaching City. positions, I, I don't understand. And no one wants to give him a head coaching job. He must have a terrible personality. But then again, how does Josh McDaniels continue to get head coaching jobs? He's just a robot, and he just knows how to call plays. So when he goes into like the meetings, he just sits there like this, and they're like, "I can't get a read on this guy." The, uh, (laughs) um, I guess that's what you want in a coach. The uh, next game, the night game of Thursday, the Niners going into Seattle. Big game for both teams. Obviously, Niners trying to cement themselves as the division favorite, and then the Seahawks trying to stay. You know, they have a rough couple of next few games, um, trying to, you know, capitalize on a win at home. Um, the Niners just look like a different different level of a team. Okay. And I know they had that three-game, you know, blunder that they gave up, but Right now, you can't really find a weakness, and then you want to point at Brock Purdy as that weakness, and you he's made it to the playoffs, and he's done well. And obviously, the injury is one thing that he suffered last season, but... He looked really good in this game. He was throwing yeah. some great passes. Yeah. And, and, like, then you look at the other side of the field, uh, the Seahawks situation with Geno... I think they have a big question mark there now because some of those passes Gino was throwing, I was like, what are you doing? There was a couple of missed opportunities of Niners to take some bad throws to the house. Yeah, Gino did not look good. Uh, The Seahawks as a whole didn't look good. And you also have to think back that 
they scored 13 points, but seven of them were from their defense. Yeah, and then what? Their Kenneth Walker was out of the game. Yeah. So the run game, like you said, they last week they were going to lean on Zach Charbonnet. Uh, no one expected them to win this game. But here's where, again, I'm going to go through just briefly on like the NFC wildcard contenders as we go through these matchups. Next game, Seattle plays in Dallas on Thursday Night Football. Yep. And they play in San Francisco against the Niners. And then they play at home against the Eagles. Like, those are – that's the hardest four-game stretch you can play. They're already eight-and-a-half-point dogs to the Cowboys. Like, yeah. what, what would they be? They were seven-point seven dogs to the Seahawks. I mean, to the 49ers. Eight-and-a-half-point dogs to the Cowboys, who the Cowboys got toasted by the 49ers earlier this season. And I'm not saying that I don't think the, the Seahawks can – if the Seahawks come away with two of those games, they're in the playoffs in my mind. If they come away with one, they're still alive. If yeah, they don't know, win the one, end, if, they're if they don't win schedule. one, yeah, they, they can come across and do fine. But if they don't win one of those next three, I think they're out. 100%. But if they, if they can win one, they're still alive. If they win two, they're in. That's how like important these next three games are because it's not just they're playing, you know. I mean, yeah, they're not contending with the Eagles for the division. They're not contending with the Niners really anymore for the division, although – if they win one against the Niners, all of a sudden they might be. But realistically, like you look at the Seahawks, they're fighting for uh, the, the sixth seed or the seventh seed. The Seahawks have six wins right now. Four of those wins, Cole, are the Panthers, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Commanders. Those are four of the bottom five teams in the NFL. Yeah, but I like the roster. I'm not saying that Seahawks have a bad team. I still like their ability to make, you know, a winning season out of the what they have left. But Pete Carroll's just, a good head coach. Yeah, as much as I don't like him. But speaking <laughs> of that, that's that concludes Thursday. Going into our first game of Sunday, we had Whoa. Oh oh my god, fuck that game. I don't even want to talk about this game. <laughs> Because Black Friday special. The NFL sold us a pile of dog shit to yeah. us, which was and I actually, oil. <laughs> and I, wa- I watched that whole game, unfortunately, because I was, you know, I didn't get to watch as much of the Commanders, Cowboys, and Niners, Seahawks as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was honestly sad to watch just that second half of Jets, Dolphins. I hate shopping so much, and I would have rather shopped. That that hail mary at the end of the half that led to a pick six, that that took the air out of the entire Jets defense. And oh my god, the fact that they're gonna stick with Tim Boyle, I I know you're a you're a Rogers guy. This is something I wanted to bring up to you. A lot of questions about like the like Rogers over there. Yeah, the decisions. I we've seen the memes. Uh, everyone says everything Rogers does. Can can we stop tying everything about this to Rogers? Can we stop? Because he it's said, true. she said, if Rogers this is, is true, playing, because the Jets are the ones that ended up doing it anyways. Well, if the Rogers are going to play, yeah. So blame the Jets. One and two, don't blame Rogers because who knows how this turns out if Rogers is playing. I don't think. What they'd if be... what if he's playing? What if he's playing with guys that don't know his fucking his 
you know how His he MO. plays yeah yeah like if it's it's all about how you play it's chemistry on offense it's timing it's understanding of where the second read's going to be where the extension of the play is going to be with Rodgers and then if you're going to have some guys that don't know that it's going to take them the whole fucking season to find out just aka Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs last year with the Packers they didn't know how he played um but you look at right now yeah you bench down Lazard because he's not playing good enough okay so you're going to tell me he's the reason why the Jets are fucking bad on offense oh. cut it out no and like okay you paid him like what a bust no Alan Lazard I know Alan Lazard I'm a little more concerned about Nathaniel Hackett. Yes. Okay. And that that might have some more truth to it than I would have given, you know, away to a couple weeks ago. But Alan Lazard, don't blame him. No. Uh, okay. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle was meant to be the third string quarterback. That's a great. Wasn't supposed to play. Great That's a great addition. He should not be playing football. I also, as a Packers fan, when Tim Boyle came into football games and when he played in the preseason, he was great. So I know his stat line looks fucking awful it's so but he, best, he played some of the best preseason football for the packers i've i've witnessed like he was really good for the packers and we everyone wanted tim boyle on the team so it sucks for that um i know the randall cobb that hasn't done shit okay i mean like randall cobb's not supposed to be your fucking yak guy or your you know nope. your third down go-to it's just nope. someone that knows the offense that can coach and teach the younger receivers like Gibson and fucking who's the other fucking rookie and Garrett Wilson Brownlee is his name Brownlee yeah Marquise Brownlee um but anyways I don't know I'm the Jets season now sucks because you don't even want to see Rodgers come back after watching how bad the offensive line played yeah that's the other thing is that even if Rodgers played I'd be a little concerned with them because they're getting hurt again because he that offensive line those are those are spinning doors in front of him and how fragile a fan base can you be to want Rodgers out of your fan, out of your, off your team, and he's not even played yet? Like, yeah. that's why people don't deserve Aaron Rodgers. Like, the New York media and New York fans team. want him out of, they want, some of them want him off the team. I think the already. Jets don't want, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying the Jets don't. I would take him in a heartbeat right now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> literally, imagine, imagine right now if the trade block was still open, like, you would that would be a perfect candidate. Because... Yeah, that'd be a perfect candidate to come over to the Browns. We're every quarterback we play is getting hurt, so we'll yeah. just wait for you to get better. Well, I mean, that's not the perfect, but in my in my way of like fighting for a playoff life, they need one piece. That's the piece, um, at least to just be whatever. But yeah, that's uh, besides that. Again, good win by the Dolphins. They cemented themselves as. Tough. Really, with with the with the Bills losing, I think they cemented themselves as the AFC East winner. Division. Like, yep. I don't see I don't see how they lose that. And, and uh, Jalen Phillips tearing his Achilles that sucks for the Dolphins defense. Yeah. You notice the next the very next play after that, they put Emmanuel Ogba's backup in former Brown. What? Former Brown. Yeah, and guess what he did the next play? Didn't he, he get a sack? It. He went right around their fucking right tackle and got a sack. This, yeah. It was, like, unbelievable. Um, but, okay, um, what do we have? Next game we had the Steelers at Bengals. Ugh, another stinker. It's Matt Canada, hey, Mr. I hate Kenny Pickett, 
you know. What are you gonna? What are you gonna tell me? Maybe you're the wrong one. Now they have over 400 yards in offense. Well, I don't understand why people are so exasperated that they got 400 yards of offense and like that's like the token you scored 16 points against fucking jake browning in a bengals team that did not look like they wanted to play i will say before that jake browning interception and i i want to say that was in this was that the second or third quarter they had it was seven three and that had to be third quarter and Jake Browning had everything like going well for him. And they were, he was making good decisions. They had total control of the football game. And then he threw a stupid interception on an out route just to the sideline. Um, and just like that, it was over for fucking that game. Like that came back around. Yeah. The defense just keyed in on him and he literally just, there's there's no threat now with him at quarter. Like it sucks because a lot of those teams in the in the NFC, I'm like, oh, they have to play the Bengals, so that's that's going to be a good game for the Packers to like, you know, hopefully that they get a win on, you know, move up one against another team that loses to the Bengals. Bengals now are looking like a below average football team. That I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs. It's it's one of those situations where even like Joe Burrow, even though he's a young quarterback, he he kind of plugs a lot of the holes that you had and was able to mask a lot of the problems that your offense has because, you know, he is so good. Like there were times where TJ Watt was just completely unblocked and sacking Jake Browning and having his more seasoned quarterback in there, slide the protection to the right. So that that doesn't like something like that doesn't happen. But I don't, I don't know. I just feel like the Steelers fans shouldn't tip their cap to 400 yards of offense when you only scored 16 points. Yeah, but you got to build off something. I mean, I think they're just excited the uh, way they're they just, move. They're just happy they because they, they move the ball. The Bengals have a good defense. Now, obviously, they're not going to play to the level they want to in their offense. Yeah, when they're on it. the field 70% of the game. Yeah, and that's going to be the same MO for the Browns. Mm-hmm. You, you're really looking at kind of a carbon copy team because the Bengals can't protect their quarterback and they don't have a quarterback. They have a good defense. I think uh, you can make the argument that the Browns have a better defense when healthy, obviously, but Browns have better teams than Bengals talent all wise, Talent wise on offense, yeah, I think you guys have a better line too. But it's just sad to see, you know, two teams that looked really good and promising and competitive now turn into be something that's maybe not, but going into the next game of the Sunday 1 p.m. slate, Jaguars at Houston Texans, another massive matchup, and this one didn't disappoint. Uh, this was my game of the week, and Jaguars went into Houston, and fucking, I mean, like, what from what I, from what I remember, it was – C.J. Stroud never really had the opportunity. It was like one step forward, one step back, and not like two. And like it was just he would make a great play, and then like you get sacked by Josh Allen. Like let me look. Did Josh Allen have? I think he had like three sacks. Yeah, I it, like in the fourth quarter it was just unreal. And like C.J. Stroud is not the reason they lost that game. Obviously, um, Matty Mandola, the kicker like had the opportunity to tie it with that 58 yard field goal attempt at the end. And like, 
I thought that was going in. Oh, it looked so good. It looked yeah. so good. Uh, but just you, the way you watch the Texans play football is like you, you like their chances in playoff games. And I like, I, I just love watching CJ Stroud operate in the pocket. He never looks to like run when he gets flush out of the pocket. He never looks to like use his legs first off. He's always looking downfield and then like kind of panders back and is like, all right, let me see if I can make something out here. But it's interesting to watch. And he's, he looks so poised out there for being a rookie quarterback. And who do you, who do you favor? I mean, I'll say you favor the Jaguars because of their defense, but it's just something like you don't, the Jaguars typically don't have a playoff pedigree either. So if they, if these guys ran into each other in the playoffs as like a, you know, a five seed, three seed matchup or not a five seed, three seed, but a six seed, three seed matchup, Mm -hmm. something makes me think like, I don't think the Texans are a big underdog in that game. No, I I mean, they, they already beat them one time in Jacksonville. The other thing is that, you mentioned the the Jags defense being uh, better than Houston's. Houston's defense was pretty good in this game. They made that huge uh, goal line stuff right before the half. And also, I, I wanted to say, a bunch of times I saw Will Anderson out there making big plays. Another rookie for the Houston Texans. But on the defensive side of the ball, he was in the backfield so fast and tackling Travis Etienne for uh, – tackles for loss and Travis Etienne's not a easy running back to bring down and he was doing it with ease you look at like the players like the names and their defense though it's funny how like they're doing it with not big names like I know Houston fans that fan base loves Jalen Petre or Petrie whatever you want to call him um they think he's a really good safety uh like Blake Cashman the Duke linebacker not a big name at all. Henry 2020, the fucking, the fourth, I think he's like a fourth round linebacker out of Alabama who was like a safety. He was, and yeah, he's like a, he's like that, that hybrid. Yeah. And so it's like DeAndre Houston Carson, kind of a reputable DB, but nothing, not a big name. Sheldon Rankins, okay, big name. Yeah. Derek um, Stingley, who's been Jerry, hurt a lot. Jerry Hughes, fucking oldest vet. Wiley guy, but just very, you know, put him in for a few plays and he can get some some QB rushes. But anyways, not like a name defense. There's not like one name you're like, that guy's a star. It'll be Will Anderson, but he is just a rookie. Um, But those are the teams you like to root for in the playoffs when they're playing juggernauts and you just want to see someone go down. Like you root for the Texans. And uh, Uh, Devin Singletary, way to revitalize his career over in Houston. Holy moly, he would look good. Yeah, and he's had multiple, like he's had four games over 100 yards rushing this season already. Um, Next game we have is the Buccaneers at Colts. This was a good one. I thought the uh, – I was worried. This was a big matchup for the Packers because you want the Colts to take the edge, get the Buccaneers one more loss for the wild card race. Same thing. This is an important matchup for both sides. Obviously, the Colts, like right now, they're in the playoffs with their record. Mm-hmm. I think they're like the seventh seed. They but, uh, yeah, I mean, who would have thought – like the Anthony Richardson Colts, do you think they're going to be six and five? I'm curious, like what 
are they going to be better or worse than the Gardner Minshew Colts? And yeah, I have no idea how to think about that. I always just thought like in the current this season, the Colts would be better off with Gardner Minshew. And not saying that I don't think Anthony Richardson's the guy. I just think winning football games and big moments and like making the right decisions. I think Gardner Minshew is the guy. This was uh, a game where two quarterbacks played one another and they were the they're like the exact same person. Yeah. And like, okay, Baker Mayfield, I thought he had a good game. It ended up not being good enough, but like they made plays when they needed to. They he just threw a pushed. really, really, really bad interception. The one interception he threw, he there was like no wide receiver in that area. When was this interception? I want to say it was in the second quarter. But well, I remember he got strip sacked, right? He had the fumble at the end to lose it. Uh, I don't know. I I still like the Buccaneers team, and. They're not out of it by any stretch. They have an easy schedule um, from what I recall. You look at them. They play the Panthers. Talk that up as a win. They play the Falcons. Falcons are the most overrated team in football, but you can they, that's a talk, coin toss. They play the Packers. That's a very winnable game against the overrated, shitty Packers team. And then they play the Jaguars. You probably lose that. Saints? Coin toss. So, like, what I'm saying is they play every team that they need to get to the NFC South with. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, they have a ton of games against their internal division to end the yeah. season. So, they, it's really just like they can write the ship um, easily if they need to. Um, but, yeah, that was a uh, good, good one for the Colts. And now you got to see what they can do with the rest of it in the AFC. Um, Unless you have anything else in that game. No, not really. We got Saints at Falcons. Another not great game. Yeah. And it was close, though. So it was made it exciting um, until the end when they made it a two-possession game. Uh, what? Desmond Ritter, still nothing special. Had a really bad interception in the first half. He threw two. Uh, in the first half, both? Uh, I don't know when the second one was, but I know he threw two interceptions. And on the other side of the on the other side of the the field, Derek Carr threw a nice ninety two yard pick six to Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates had like fourteen points for the Falcons with his strip yeah. sack, and then this pick six. Taysom Hill with the fumble right in scoring position too. So like, yep. Saints did themselves no favors. Finally, you give the ball to Bijan Robinson. You start to feed Drake London a little bit. But Bijan had a great game. That's a recipe for success for Falcons. Like if they can if they can do that on offense and play defense that can capitalize off the turnovers, like that's gonna get them enough wins to win the NFC South. Yeah, they so, just get their if they get their playmakers involved, Bijan, Drake London, Kyle Pitts on offense, and then you know, their defense wasn't that bad at the beginning of the year. And they have the easiest schedule remaining out of those teams left in the NFC South. So I think that's why they're the heavy favorites, not only right now in the current standings, but in the future to win the NFC South. Uh, Saints, you still like their ability too, but I mean, 
it's like the Lions game is going to be a tough one for them. And then they also play the Rams, which all of a sudden look like a really good team. So next game we have Patriots at Giants. This Tommy DeVito, skip. baby. I'll skip this fucking one. This fucking worthless ass game. Uh, I the only thing that I got I got to say out of this one is one Tommy DeVito, good for him, getting another win. Just a not household name guy from Syracuse, two wins of the season now. The New England Patriots, one hundred percent are tanking, and you cannot convince me otherwise that that kicker misses a thirty yard kick basically an extra point that badly to end the game so that's my one thing out of this game is that the patriots are a hundred percent in full-on tank mode and are committed to getting one of drake may or caleb williams yeah i know patriots fans were several were excited for a loss so it's funny how that pans out for the most winning team in the last two decades now rooting for losses but Fucking just a miserable football game to watch. Um, next game, the last 1 p.m. slate football game, the Panthers at Titans. Obviously, we know. Another one, nothing to report out of here. Yeah, just P- Panthers offense looked really bad. Titans offense didn't look any better. You really don't know if Frank Reich needed to be fired, but I know, like, Panthers fans were, even, like, the most modest ones were, like, hey, it was a pretty good decision because that there was no development from Bryce Young from week one to week 12. Uh, it's tough to see. That's the second shortest stint as a head coach in terms of games coached. Um, Who's the first? And it was some no name, but third was Urban Meyer um, with like thir- with like 13 games. Mm-hmm. And that was that was 11 games. So, yeah, it, it's a. Uh, it, it was like six games, but it was someone I never heard of from had to be before my time of watching football. But uh, yeah, that's a uh, interesting little stint that Frank Reich had. You hate to see it, but now yeah, Frank Reich really has fallen off. Yeah. And he's not really the mastermind that I, I don't think many people thought he was a mastermind offensive genius. I just thought he was a, reasoned you know offensive expert coach as far as like he knows this he knows the fundamentals i thought he was good when like you look back at those eagle that eagle super bowl i thought he was good at getting players that you know he was able to get players in places to maximize their potential for them to be successful like the you look at that offense and it wasn't a ton of studs yeah. Um the next what do we have as the next game? Arizona Cardinals, Rams, LA Rams. Yeah. LA Rams and Arizona Cardinals. Um what this game was like 37 to fucking 14. 14, yeah. That was now this is where I'll get in like the playoffs right now. The Rams are my Dark horse. Biggest, my biggest fear yeah. as a Packers fan, we've beat the Rams. Yeah, that's but, that's your plus sign there. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, the Rams have the 
the most dangerous squad to, you know, beat those really good teams that they play on their schedule, a la the Ravens. Or, I mean, the Browns, they're already fucking five-point favorites on the Browns, which if if the Browns didn't look so bad and the and the Rams didn't look so good, I think the Browns would be favored in that game. But now not it's with, a five-point. Not with backup quarterbacks, man. Like, I, I know, but, but the Rams' defense has been bad. And now all of a sudden they're starting to turn it on. Their offense with Matt Stafford, they look like one of the most veteran, like incredible. Like right now they got Sean McVay as their offensive mind coach. And they have Matthew Stafford, who's probably one of the most trustworthy quarterbacks you have in the NFL right now. Yeah, he's, as, like, he's a season vet. Yeah. And so, I mean, they, they play right now. They got the Browns. I see that's a win. Six and six. The Rams Ravens. They're going to be underdogs, but they could still win that game. Commanders and Rams, they're going to win that game. So seven and six. Saints, Rams, they're going to win that game. Eight and six. Rams, Giants, they're going to win that game. Nine and six. Rams, 49ers. Who knows if the Rams and 49 – who knows if the 49ers are going to be playing football in the last week of the season? They might trust all their starters. So I think 10 and six, and then you look at the the Ravens game that I skipped over. 10 and seven if they lose. Or do they go eleven and six? I'm not going to say they're going to win out, but I see the Rams going ten and seven and getting in the playoffs. That's yeah. how I see their makeup. And to me, I think only the Vikings or Packers get in. Um, and you know, you still have the Seahawks that if they turn turn around and win these next three, that or win two of the next three, like you like their chances. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean this. The Rams are playing good football right now. They uh, they took that loss to the Packers twenty to three a couple weeks ago. Hit the bye week, reset, came out, beat the Seahawks. Now thrashed the Cardinals, and now you, they go back home, have a game against the Cleveland Browns. Who I don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback of the Browns this week. So they're a hundred percent should be favored in this game because their offense is. Looking good, and Kyron Williams, what the emergence of him, especially with him coming back from IR, that is a scary thought. Yeah, dude looks like a fucking Maurice Jones Drew, like yep, power guy that's super fucking fast. Uh, next game we have Cleveland Browns going into Denver on a four-game win streak. Uh, now Broncos win twenty-nine twelve, give themselves a five-game win streak. Started off against who? Who was their first win against? Well, they were one in five, and then who was their first win against in the win streak? Can the Broncos without think without looking. Was it the Green Bay Packers? Yes. Yeah. So Packers, all of a sudden, you're looked at as the shittiest team in America because they lose to the one in five Broncos. But that loss doesn't look so bad anymore. Um. Anyways, Broncos look like a playoff team. Uh, I know everyone's saying right now if they beat the Texans this coming week, I believe they play the Texans, right? They Broncos, do. Texans, yep. If they beat the if they beat the Texans, go to seven and five, they're firmly in the playoff conversation, which is obvious. That's no doubt. But who are you taking? The Broncos or the Colts? I'm taking the Broncos. Who are you taking? The Broncos or the Browns? I hate a, to say it. I'm taking a, the Broncos. In a rematch, I would take the Browns. And and very you can't, likely because the reason why the reason why I would say that is you can't play a worse game than the Browns did that yesterday. Yeah, 
I'm just saying I I'm I would take the Broncos. Um, I love the Browns roster, and I think they're going to win a lot of games that they maybe not aren't supposed to win. But Steelers, Steelers, Broncos. I'll take the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a lot of those teams that have good records in the AFC are not good in my mind. Um, not to say that I don't think like they're they're solid teams, but like it sucks because the Bills. <laughs> I think the Bills are about to start playing amazing football, and it might be too late. But um, that was sucks. A, to, that was... Sucks for the Bills. I yeah. I'm I'm a little tired of Bills. The Bills right now because I <laughs> I I haven't heard a fan base cry more than the Bills fan base. But we're on Browns Broncos. No, I I. I under, I understand what you're saying with all this. I just don't think that if the Browns play the Broncos again, the Browns would play as bad of a game as they did. The beginning of the fourth quarter, it was 17 to 12. It was 17 to 12 and the Browns had the football and Kevin Stefanski decides to call a double reverse and we fumble the ball and the fumble the game away. I don't understand what the fuck goes on through his fucking stupid ass little head. The Broncos have the 32nd rushing defense in the entire fucking NFL. And we ran the ball 16 times. We averaged 7.2 yards a carry. We ran the ball 16 times. And by the fourth quarter, Dorian Thompson Robinson had thrown it 30 times. I don't understand it. Like uh, the Browns like to pride themselves on their analytics department and their usage of analytics. I don't know what analytics fucking monkey missed the fact that the Broncos run defense was bad. And we decide let's throw the ball with a third string quarterback. That's a rookie fifth round draft pick. I don't know. That's just me. There's a couple other things that happened in this game that I was like, okay, what the fuck are we doing? Type deal. I don't know. And then I don't Browns fans shut the fuck up with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is not your goddamn savior. He's like 40 years old, not mobile. And he doesn't look like he, he looks like he has a noodle for an arm. Now our best option to win right now is Dorian Thompson Robinson. Even though I didn't like the play calling in this game, Dorian Thompson Robinson actually played pretty well. Another thing that won't happen again, if we played the Broncos again, David Njoku won't drop five balls. Amari Cooper won't drop three. Jerome Ford won't drop two. Like, every wide receiver on the Browns was dropping fucking passes yesterday. It was unfucking believable Yeah. And it's one of those things, like, one thing goes bad. It's one thing. It's like, if one thing goes bad, it all goes bad. And you can't – you're in a situation on that team where the offense has to be – just all reliable. They can't be, they don't have to be special. No. They just got to be just enough to, like, I think their recipe for success, if they had Nick Chubb, you yeah. know, if they had Nick Chubb, but like they, I liken them to the Titans a couple of years ago when the Titans had a really solid squad. Like that's, but they just don't have the offensive, you know, that one guy that you can just like feed. And yeah, I know Jerome Ford, like he's a solid guy. We I have solid pieces all job. over all over the the offense. Like offense. you have a Jerome Ford, you have a Kareem Hunt, you have an Amari Cooper. 
You have a David Njoku. You have an Elijah Moore. Those are solid players. Also in this game, Cedric Tillman, rookie wide receiver out of Tennessee, stepped up big time. Uh, I would I would like to say from here on out, watch for his emergence in the Browns offense. I think they're going to get him a lot more involved. He's he was a big playmaker at Tennessee. I liked how we drafted him. He w- he did get hurt two years ago at Tennessee, and then he came back last year, played pretty well. I would say watch out for his emergence in the Browns offense. And I think that will open up a little bit more because it does suck that we have Amari Cooper. And then we don't really have this other option on the outside that defenses are threatened by Elijah Moore. He's a, he's a good gadget guy and he does get open and he does get separation. Yep. He's a slot guy, but Tillman's kind of a, he's a slower Amari Cooper. He runs great routes and he's, Big. He's a big guy. He's, he's like he's like a Des Bryant, but he's not there yet. But that's kind of what he what his like ceiling is. But, um, uh, Browns also went into this game with a bunch of injuries. Denzel Ward did not play. Anthony Walker did not play. Miles Garrett ended up leaving the game. Didn't play. Uh, Mari Cooper left the game. Dorian Thompson Robinson obviously left the game. A lot of injuries all over the Browns. Uh, Browns report uh, reports out of Cleveland today. Miles Garrett will be okay. Uh, Amari Cooper's x-rays on his ribs came back negative. He should also be okay. And they'll look to get back Denzel Ward and Anthony Walker, two big pieces of their defense to come back this week. So I just, I don't think that if we played the Broncos again, it would be the same result. Would we maybe lose maybe like by three? Maybe, but I don't think uh, 17. Can the Browns go three and three? No. You can't win a game against the Bears. So you the, I was the Bengals I was, and the Jets. I was texting you about this. I don't know if they can go three and three. We play the Rams this week. How do I feel about this game going in? I'll talk about it later. Next week we play the Jaguars. Jaguars are a good football team. That is that an opportunity that we can steal one because the Jags will probably be looking ahead a little bit. That's there's potential there. Bears, I don't, know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, we don't do well against mobile quarterbacks. Then we play the Houston Texans. I don't like. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Then we play the Jets. Aaron Rodgers is most likely going to be back for that. And then the Bengals, and I think we'll beat the Bengals with Jake Brown. I would agree. Um, the Jets one, I think that you like. I don't know. The Bears, I think you win. Jets, I think you, you win that game still. I don't think Rodgers comes back. Um, I think it would be stupid, too. And then the Bengals game, I think you you got to win that one, and you you will. Um, so that's three wins. That puts you 10-7. And, and that's if you – this is a foregone conclusion that you lose to the Rams, which isn't a foregone conclusion. It's also a foregone conclusion that you lose to the Jags, which isn't. And then you lose to the Texans, which is not. But I still see you guys very optimistically at eleven and six. I think. I think in every single one of these games that we're like chalking up a loss or whatever, like the Rams, Jags, uh, Texans, they will be much more competitive than we're thinking. Yeah. And Um, by me saying that, they are going to be blowouts. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, next game we have is the uh, Chiefs at Raiders. 
And this game seemed very good at the beginning. Raiders looked like they could just do whatever they wanted on the Chiefs defense. Chiefs offense was kind of just figuring it out. And now all of a sudden, as a Packers fan playing the Chiefs next week, you're worried about them again as, you know, the prominent, one of the best offense, best teams in the NFL. Because the Chiefs don't look now are the number one seed. Or no, now they're not. The Ravens are. But Chiefs are eight and three. They fucking scored, what, four touchdowns back to back to back to back. Yep. And their offense looks incredible. Travis Kelsey's getting open. Isaiah Pacheco looks like one of the most underrated running backs in the league. Just They're runs deep. like a bull. And then Rashi Rashi uh, Rice is now emerging. Rashi Rice, yeah. The, the rookie at SMU. And so that's, I mean, that's the guy that they drafted in the second round expecting to turn into be their guy. Uh, MVS now all of a sudden is just, you know, a one-off gadget guy, no less than Jalen Hyatt and the fucking Mike DeVito offense of the New York Giants. But you're looking at right now. (laughs) The problem is I see a little bit of lack of depth on their defense, but they still, like, they're not injured by any means. And they put put offenses in spots spots they don't want to be. Uh, there's no doubt, no reason why they're six and a half point favorites against Packers. We'll get to that soon now. But um, another big win for the Chiefs. Raiders now look looking outside in um, big time with a five and seven record. Uh, you really got to run the table now if you're going to make the playoffs, which doesn't look easy at all because you're playing five teams that have winning records. I do believe. Nope, the Chargers don't. But uh, four teams with winning records the rest of the way. Um, So, yeah, you're kind of in a hard spot, but I mean, the they're, they're in dangerous territory being stuck in that no man's land, which they, I think they will be in, but I mean, they're they're a good team to have a team. You, you know, like they're a trap game. If you want to call it that. They're a trap game, but my point of being in no man's land is like we have really bad teams in the NFL right now. We have really bad teams in like the Panthers, but the Bears have their pick. The Patriots, the Giants, the Cardinals, the Titans, all really bad teams that are all Titans aren't really bad, but I see what you're saying. They have three wins, four wins now. Four wins. Four wins now. But uh, you, you get what I'm like. My point is like all of those teams are going to be ahead of you in the draft, and all of them are looking for quarterbacks besides maybe the Titans. Yeah. Um. And what do the uh, Raiders need most? Probably quarterback. I'm not saying Aiden O'Connell is bad. But get I'm just JJ saying... McCarthy or Mike 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 Penix. You know what I mean? Maybe they get one of those two. That's um... if they come out. Yeah. All right. Next game we have the Bills at Eagles. To me, this was the game of the year. I watched this and I was like, I couldn't turn the TV off. I, you know, Liv wanted to watch Narnia. And I told her I'd watch Narnia. I told her I'd watch Narnia right after the next drive. And I said that for six more drives. And then it went into overtime and would not turn off the TV for Narnia. Like, I'm sorry, Mr. Tumnus. Fuck you. Um, Josh Allen, 0-6 in overtime. 
Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen combined for four rushing touchdowns. First time in NFL history, they've had two rushing touchdowns from both quarterbacks in the same game. Um, six and six is what the Bills fall to. Yeah, You've got to think yeah. they still have a shot at the playoffs. I think they can get hot at the right time. But what, like, what a statement by the Eagles. They looked like nothing of the offense. They were getting booed off the field every single drive in the first half. Yeah, and 33 come back, passing yards for Jalen Hurts in the first half. That's ugly. Ugly, ugly. And they come back and Jalen Hurts become, you know, like just an improbable victory, terrible weather conditions. Jake Elliott with an incredible 59-yard field goal to tie the game, like in, in terrible weather in Philly, outside. Um, but Bills now, I mean, you got to play the Chiefs. You got to buy week, though. Play the Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. That's a hard schedule to go, what, four and one? You probably need so, to – yeah, you probably can't afford more than one loss. But if there's one team that can beat those juggernauts and get hot, it's the Bills. I mean, they just played a juggernaut and they lost. But should they have? Like, that's that's where you can get – like, tell me if Tyler Bass doesn't miss two chip shot field goals – if Josh Allen in the in the first half, if Josh Allen, do you remember that that holding that had happened on us? Mm-hmm. I I know what you're saying, but they one lost. of those wouldn't have, one of those wouldn't have even been a field goal if Josh Allen, when he was horse collared in both sides of his jersey and ripped apart, I believe it was Brandon Graham. But we both know that, Cole. That's from, a touchdown. We both know Cole from watching this NFL season. Every NFL team has sustained bad calls called against them yeah the the bills were just except for the eagles this except week's the their one loss doesn't count um and they lost please. to zach wilson anyways the uh, uh couple things i wanted to mention about this game is what the fuck was sean mcdermott doing playing soft zone in the goddamn end of the game against the eagles trying to keep them out of the end zone like he left the the field wide open for them to just pick him apart. Yeah, I noticed though that like Tony Romo predicted exactly every single play on the defensive. He was like, "Hey, they're gonna pressure. They're gonna get complex up front in the middle. They're gonna play. They're gonna play conservative in the back, but right up front in the middle where the linebackers are, they're gonna blitz." And then, and then, and then the stunt. second, the the next thing that I didn't like about Sean McDermott's coaching was, why the fuck are you not? giving it a shot with Josh Allen with 25 seconds left on the clock. I mean, yeah, the Jets just threw a Hail Mary pick six, but I'm not saying you need a Hail Mary. You have 25 seconds and a timeout. He did call a stupid timeout when the Eagles were rushing on the field because they had no timeouts in order to get the the field goal team out there. I don't know. Just a couple things. Josh Allen played like a baller. It, the, what's going to decide the the Bill season though is like these games that they dropped early in the season. Like you can't lose a game against the Patriots. You can't lose a game against. I hate to say it, the hottest team in the NFL, the Broncos. That you should have won that game if you didn't have four turnovers. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, what next? Next game we have the Ravens at the Chargers. This one was. I didn't stay up for much of this game. I stayed up for less than halftime. Uh, or maybe I stayed up till half. But 
I know I saw the end, Zay Flowers, with that icing on the cake to seal the game. Uh, two touchdowns on my fantasy bench. He had two touchdowns? Yeah, so he scored a um, a receiving touchdown in the first – was it the first quarter? And then sealed the game with that end-around uh, touchdown that he had. So, yeah, Zay Flowers kind of had his little breakout moment. And then uh, also the Chargers – Throw up another dud. Yeah, their defense played well, a little bit better against the Ravens' offense, but 10 points ain't going to cut it, man. And you have what people like to say is an elite quarterback, a top-five quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and... With weapons, Keenan Allen's still there. Austin Eckler's still there. Gerald Everett's there. Josh Parham. Like, (laughs) there's guys around him. Donald Parham. Donald Parham, thank you. Who's not a weapon? He's just a name. But I see what you're trying to say. He he's yeah, makes good red zone plays. He's he's more athletic and he's got a great you know six foot six wingspan. But um, what do we got? That was a expected game. Ravens now number one seed in the AFC. It's going to be a rotating swirl of events. They're going to go into the bye week next week. Um. And we have Monday night football tonight. I know in our pick six, you have the Vikings minus three and a half. Are you sticking to yep. it? Uh, damn right I am. Damn um, right he is. Josh Dobbs, baby. But hey, you know I who hope Josh Bears... Dobbs reminds me of a little bit. Who? Uh, do you... Oh, fuck. I totally just lost his name. No. Cartoon? No, not, not a cartoon. There was like this journeyman quarterback that used to come or come in randomly. I know he played for the Vikings and he played for the Panthers. Leftwich? Not Leftwich. Oh man, but he Seneca was Seneca Wallace? No, not it wasn't Seneca Wallace. Oh my god. He was like a running mobile quarterback too that had an arm. I can't think of his name. Um Smith? No, I'll think of it like in the middle of second down. Let's go to second down. Okay. Anyways, second down, first game, we have a really good one, which not the spread, but the matchup with the implications. In the in the NFC, Seahawks at Cowboys. Thursday night football, Cowboys are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, this one's a big one, an important win, or important needed game for the Seahawks. Obviously, the Cowboys, if they want to get to NFC East, they got to win this one too. Um, but yeah, what do you got? Yeah, who wh- who's like uh, which team is this game bigger for? Is it bigger for the Seahawks or bigger for Dallas? I think it's bigger for the Seahawks. They yeah. they need to win. They need a win bad. They are reeling right now, and they are in a tough part of their schedule. Uh, Dallas. Dallas beats up on bad teams. If they, if they, if the Seahawks come out and play like they did against the 49ers, I, I think it'll be like the same result 31 13, 31 10, 38 10, something like that. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, next game, we have the Chargers at Patriots. Patriots at home, six point underdogs. This game doesn't really matter for playoffs. This is just a, uh, you know, I think this is a it's a game where if Staley doesn't win, he's fired. 
Oh yeah, against such a bad team like, in New England. Like the next, like the next week, not even like like at the end of the year. Like I think he's already fired at the end of the year. This is like a he's fired the day after the game if they lose this football game, and the Patriots are, you know, trying to lose. So, so it's Chargers six point favorites, kind of a game you don't even really want to watch. First game of the Sunday one p.m. slate. I could see the Chargers completely chargering this and losing. Yeah, I could too. Um, what next game? Cardinals at Steelers. Oof. Steelers, Steelers minus five and a half. This game matters. Obviously, there's implications because the Steelers are very much so in the AFC wild card race. But Cardinals made me think with Kyler Murray that two weeks ago with that win that what would they beat the Falcons? I believe um, that yeah. they were a uh, team that could really just upset and, you know, complicate things deep in the NFL season. But after last week, watching them just deteriorate against the Rams. I Joe Webb. Was... Joe Webb. Joe Webb. Okay. Do you think I told you I told you I'll randomly think of this guy's name, Joe Webb. I think think Josh Dobbs is a much better passer than Joe Webb. Oh yeah, probably. But I like just the way he converted to receiver. (laughs) But um Joe Webb better athlete. Josh Dobbs, much better passer. Uh no, I think uh you've got to look at it like a uh, situation where Steelers have to win this football game. If they uh, lose I, in yeah, I, in in Pittsburgh, it's a massive they're, failure. They're going the Steelers are going to slaughter them. They they just went up for four. They just put up four hundred yards on the Bengals. Did you not hear those stats? The Steelers okay. are going to slaughter the Arizona Cardinals. This so five and a half. This five and a half point spread doesn't even scare me. Give it to me seven and a half. Wouldn't even scare me. Steelers are going to slaughter them. They're the best team in the NFL, Cole. Have you not looked at Steelers' Twitter? I think you're right. Um, Speaking of best teams in the NFL, the next game, Colts at Titans, neither of them are the best teams in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> what, the Colts are a two-point favorite? Two and a half. Two and a half. So... Just another incredible matchup. Actually, though, it is a good game. I think this will be a good matchup. Colts at Titans. Colts in the seventh seed, can they actually stay relevant and not just be frauds? And Titans at four and seven, they're one of the best four and seven football teams around right now. And I don't know how many there are, but out of all the four win teams and below, I like the Titans. Four and seven. The Titans are four and seven. The Jets are four and seven. The Chargers are four and seven. And the Buccaneers are four and seven. Buccaneers are probably the worst. They're probably the worst out of all four four and seven teams. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe they beat the Jets. Um, because fuck the Jets. Uh, Will Levis, what do you got, man? What are you gonna show me? The Colts defense is okay at best. They're Coming into form, I guess. I don't know what's going on with Shaq Barrett, what that is, what that's all about. But yeah, Colts, this is a favorable matchup for you to go 
get up to seven and five and really cement yourselves as the, as the seventh seed. The fucking Texans are hot on your heels, though. That uh, this could be like a Will Levis, do you keep your job or not game with a win? Um, not like as far as like the season, but like as in the future, does he get a starting chance next season? Uh, Broncos at Texans next game in the 1 p.m. slate. Texans three and a half point favorites at home. This is one of the best matchups of the day. Um, you'd never have thought that starting out the year. And, like, honestly, like, this is a really good game. It's a Broncos nice – Texans, the winning, winning team in this, I think, is a front runner for the playoffs. The losing team is is pretty much, like, you got to claw and scratch your way in. Yeah, I mean the Steelers have like the easiest schedule in in the history of football coming up, so they're a lock. Anyways, the Broncos and Texans definitely wouldn't have thought that this game was going to be one of the highlights of Week 13 at the beginning of the season. Russell Wilson, what you got, baby? You can cook some more, or will C.J. Stroud shred the Denver defense? Yeah, that's again good game critical for both teams and uh both teams are hot obviously the broncos are on that five game win streak so not a great time for the texans to play them coming off that loss to the jags uh i think next it makes game, the texans hungry though like you know gotta get yeah. back in the win column and i i don't think their offense has ever like slowed down so they're still they're still doing really well on offense it just comes down to the broncos defense coming in how can they adapt and change and get what they want against the, the Broncos? But Lions at Saints, two teams that coming coming off of losses. Both, you know, last week were leaders in their division. Now Saints obviously fall to second. Big, big game for the Saints. Obviously the Lions, if they want to, you know, compete for the two seed or – if they want to just solidify their place in the division, that's a big game for them as well. But really a massive road game for the Lions fan base and the, the team. And then the Saints, huge, would be a huge win if they could get this game. Obviously, they have this game, and I believe they have the um, the Rams as their two hardest games remaining. Um, but just it's a four-point spread, four-point underdogs at home. What do they have? And so we'll see. I think it's going to be a good game. Don't think it's going to be as big of a blowout as people think with the Lions. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it might be a little bit closer. I don't know why. Saints like to keep games close, but then always lose by eight. I Hmm. feel like. Uh, (laughs) But I like what you were saying with Lions. This is a good opportunity to go on the road and get a nice win. I like I like the Lions in this situation. You know, coming off a loss Thursday on a on on Thanksgiving, kind of got like a a mini buy with the three days of extra rest. Mm-hmm. I like that for them. Next game, I have the wait. What did we just do? We did the Lions Saints Falcons at Jets. So next Jets three point <laughs> <laughs> Jets three point underdogs 
So Falcons minus only three. three? Yeah, well, that's because Desmond Ritter and the fucking Falcons offense is coming out of town. But hey, I mean, like you said, I think I like the Falcons in this game. I really haven't seen anything from the Jets on offense recently, and the Falcons have a pretty good defense. So over under Jesse Bates gets one turnover for the Falcons defense from Tim Boyle. Yeah, I mean, just it's like a thing of fate. It's like him and Deron Bland just find ways to make plays, and the ball comes to them. I would say the Jets fan base is going to be the biggest defensive player for the Falcons because they're just going to boo the Jets offense off the field every single possession. (laughs) So that's a tough one. Um, it's almost like the Jets would rather play on the road the rest of the season in my mind. Like if I'm, if I'm Robert Sala, I don't want to play at home anymore because man, Robert Sala is just, he's just a sad head coach right now. He's, I feel like his, his seat has got to be getting warm pretty soon. Yeah. I was thinking about that, honestly, this afternoon, like leading up to this podcast with like coaches on the hot seat and Robert Sala. I don't know if you can fire him, but although it's like been two disappointing seasons, can you blame him with the injury? Like you can't you blame him for the injury, but some of the things that he did give him one more. You, gotta, you can't bring in Rodgers and then fire him. Like you legitimately can't fire him after bringing in Rodgers. I guess he's tied to Rodgers, and you got to let him do one more year with the experiment. I guess. But, um, next game you got Dolphins at Commanders. Commanders nine and a half point underdogs at home. Jesus Christ! This is, just seems like one of those things where the Dolphins and Cowboys beat bad teams. Um, I really got nothing on this one. This <laughs> one could be an offensive shootout, but by offensive shootout, I mean it could be forty-two to twenty-seven. Yeah, how and, bad is that Jalen Phillips injury going to affect the Dolphins' defense? And will Sam Howell be able to actually formulate anything and on the offensive side of the ball for Washington because he wasn't able to do that against Dallas's defense? Can Miami put up 70 points again? Because the Washington Commanders' defense is bad. Yeah. Um. Really nothing on the line for the Commanders here. Dolphins, obviously... There's the, the only thing on the line for the commanders is can you get into a top five pick? Yeah. Would be, would be convenient. Next game, Panther, first game of the 4 p.m. slate, only three 4 p.m. games. Why so is this, you're why is at, this a 4 p.m. game? Why is this a 4 p.m. game? You have seven, seven 1 p.m.s and three 4 p.m.s, which sucks. I hate when you only have three 4 p.m.s. Panthers at Buccaneers. This game matters because, again, Buccaneers are still alive in the playoff race, even though it doesn't look like they are at four and seven. Panthers are coming off of that, you know, firing of Frank Reich. Now, all of a sudden, what we talked about that stat when you fire your head coach, the oh, first yeah. they're like 27 and five. I don't know about their special teams coordinator. Tabor, whatever his name is, coming in there and getting a win. But you got to think the Panthers are going to play with some urgency and intensity. Uh, I mean, it's uh, Todd Bowles on the other side of the field. He's not a great head coach. Um, I don't know. This is another boring game. But those are – It's. I, I guess it's just the fact that we went through three – well, we skipped one, but three almost three straight – 
NFC South matchups, and I just was like, nope, nope, nope. But this being a four o'clock game really makes me sad. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is I'll have time to relax before the Packers, you know, yeah, 8 p.m. But going into that, we have 49ers at Eagles, a really good football game, the, really the game of the day. This is going to be a fucking good one. And this is, I mean, obviously Browns, Rams matters incredibly for the Packers, incredibly for the Browns. But um, – 49ers at Eagles is you're looking at that as like the game of the this that's the NFC championship. San Francisco um, two and a half point favorites. Yeah. And it's been teetering between three and two and a half. But Damn. uh if it hits three, it'll be the first time in the Super Bowl era that a ten and is it ten and one or eleven and one? They're ten and one. Ten and one that a ten and one team um will be three or more point underdogs at home in Super Bowl era. So, yeah, they're underdogs at home. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, it's it's because the, Fal- the Niners are just dominant. And the Eagles have been winning ugly, but they've been winning ugly against good teams. That's like kind of like their style. They've been playing ugly football, but winning football. Niners have just been winning smash-mouth football games – but yeah, I saw a report that Dallas Goddard might tr- give it a shot to play this week. I don't know how I feel about that coming back so soon from that broken arm. Fletcher Cox didn't play against the Bills. I don't know if he's slated to come back. And Lane Johnson also didn't play against the Bills. I don't know if he's slated to come back. And you can you can tell when Lane Johnson is playing for the Philadelphia Eagles on their offensive line. He makes a dramatic difference. It's almost the same as on the opposite side of this game, Trent Williams going down earlier in the year. It was a huge difference from 49ers offenses when he was in and out. But no, yeah. To be three point favorites at home or three point underdogs at home, that's kind of shocking. I guess it, I guess it's from what you're saying, like 49ers are just rolling, but. Eagles find a way, man. They find a way to win. So then we got what, or that's the last 4 p.m. game. Browns at Rams. Big game. Rams are four-point favorites in L.A. What do you got on this one? Uh, the Browns, they need to uh, not turn the ball over. Um, run the ball. And use the use the ability to run the ball to set up the pass because it was not good last week. I will be really upset if uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson can't play. I will be very upset at that. I don't really want to watch another PJ Walker game. It's not fun to watch PJ Walker. He just is addicted to turning the ball over. And we have, yeah, I think that's going to be one of the better games of the day. Um, implications for both sides. It's really just a Matthew Stafford game, though. That's where I think why they're favored so much. Um, Sunday night football. Bigger game than people thought a couple weeks looking out. Now you're looking at a game where there's an impact. Both sides matters for both teams. Um, lot to play for for Green Bay. Packers are six and a half point underdogs at home. 
Chiefs not at home. In. Packers are at home. Oh, 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 I thought you said Chiefs. My fault. My fault. No, no, no worries. Um, Packers, six and a half point underdogs at home. Chiefs, you know, they've gotten the rhythm now. So I don't think it's going to be the struggling Chiefs team that lost to the Broncos, which all of a sudden doesn't look like such a bad loss. And, uh, Lost to the Eagles on a drop pass. You know, they're really solid football team. It's going to be a really difficult game for the Packers, although it's not going to be a critical game that the Packers need to win, um, per se, for their playoff hopes. But it would do significant wonders to, you know, let's, let's just say this. It's the Jordan Love's first start was two years ago. Against the Chiefs, right? Against the Chiefs. And and that was in Arrowhead, so it wasn't in, at home. But, you know, two years later, it's his 13th start, and we'll see how it goes. So He's, he's in rhythm. He's getting his boys together. You know, he's got that young core around him. I ho- My hope for the Packers is some of those injuries that they've had, you know, those guys come back. And yeah. this could this, – I think this will be a lot tighter than – People think I don't even I don't think six and a, I think six and a half is too much. And also no, another thing you did mention that two years ago it was in Arrowhead. This is the first time Pat Mahomes is coming to to Lambeau. It's Lambeau. a different different environment, baby. And well, what is it now? What is think... it now? What is it now? It's December in Lambeau. And unfortunately, the Packers the last couple of years they're. Their season ticket holders that are 85 years old and above sell their tickets to the highest bidder, and they will now that stadium is going to be 30% red. I just have a feeling. Um, but anyways, the I agree. Although I only think Jair Alexander, maybe Darnell Savage come back from injury, Rudy Ford. So we'll get some of those pieces in the secondary, but still not all of them. Uh, you hope to see someone like Devondre Campbell come back, but he's likely out. Um, Luke Musgrave's going to be likely out for the rest of the season. So we'll see with the lacerated kidney. Um, but he played through it two, two weeks ago when he, when they beat the Chargers. Um, but yeah, it's, we are in for a tough haul. We got two undrafted rookie practice squad running backs backing up AJ Dillon and. We're just piecemealing it away, um, but we'll see. Last game, we have Monday Night Football, Bengals at Jaguars. Jaguars I don't think this eight. is going to remain Monday Night Football by Thursday. I'm going to call my shot right here. They have to change it before Thursday. Oh, is that really the rule? I'm pretty sure they they can change it up until Thursday. I didn't know it was so soon. That's terrible for travel plans. I'm. I want to say it's Thursday. They can I, change it all the way up until Thursday of the week of. I'm going to look that up afterwards because I've been they've been talking about moving Packers Monday Night Football next week because they play the Giants on Monday night, which I would like them to not play on Monday night. But um, anyways, the uh, I can just see the the one game that I have highlighted that I think that they would move to this Monday night for this is the Denver Houston game. Yeah, that would be a fun one. So then you have a decent slate for one, four, and 
uh, Sunday night and Monday night. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, that would be good. But well, this would have been a great game if Joe Burrow was in. But yep. he's not. And the Jets suck regardless. Same kind of deal with Darren Rodgers. But Jaguars, Bengals in Jacksonville, eight-point favorites. Uh, kind of a tough line to justify. But it's just kind of a shitty situation for Bengals fans. You feel bad for them. And that's all I got on that one. Telling you, man, I, I Bengals fans just got to uh, embrace the suck and just lose out this season and maybe catch a win late, win or two late in the season against a a sleeping opponent, and then you draft an offensive tackle and you guys shore up that offensive line around Joe Burrow that you guys try to every year, and then you cut the player in the middle of the season. Um. I don't really care about that game at all. I hate to say it. That's just a stinker of a game. And will the Jack, the, I guess in that, in my mind to make it fun is can the Jaguars cover eight and a half in the first half? Jaguars cover eight and a half in the first half. You mean eight, just eight points. Oh yeah. Eight in the first half. It'd be an interesting one. Uh, the the Jaguars' uh, secondary is is pretty good, and Jake Browning, from what I saw in that Steelers game, is not good. With that being said, what do you got as your? Let's head into third down and pick our locks and upsets of the week, baby. What are you feeling, Cole? I know you're on a hot streak with your locks. So right now, I picked Dolphins last week as my lock, and Buccaneers is my upset. So I go to eleven and one on locks, and I go to five and seven on upsets. You had Cowboys as a lock and Saints as your upset, so you go to seven and five on locks and five and seven on upsets. I'm torn between two. I'm gonna go ahead and and say Chiefs are my lock. Ooh, interesting. I have a lock. It's the Miami Dolphins against the Washington Commanders. Yeah, that was going to be mine, but I wanted to be a little bold. Uh, yeah, I did upset. that in the middle of the season, and I've come back to earth. I, I'm like, I gotta, we gotta tighten the gap here. My upset, I have the Eagles mm. over the over the Niners. That was a good one. That was a good one. I will take the. Because it would negatively affect me. What, the Browns? No, the Denver Broncos over the Houston Texans. I wanted to take that one, too. I'll take the Denver Broncos over the Houston Texans. So then we go into fourth down. Fourth down, baby. So my best matchup was Jags-Texans. My sneakiest is coming up, Bears-Vikings. Your best matchup was Niners Seahawks. Was not okay. good. Sneakiest was Cardinals Rams. Was not <laughs> was good not either. Good. So, <laughs> I was I was riding that Kyler Murray is back trained so hard, and I was like, ah, yeah, Cardinals are fun again. They're gonna make it a tough one. So yeah, I mean, best game for me is gonna be 
clearly the 49ers Eagles. Best game for you is 49ers Eagles. Yeah. Uh, the best game to me is that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, you can't say it's not the best game. Yeah, I mean this this slate is not great. Plus, you have two solid two teams that are hot right now that are on by in the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. So that just sucks. Um. Fuck it. I'll just say it was the be- it's the best matchup because it is. It is. Yeah. Eagles, 49ers, it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, sneakiest for me, Lions Saints. Ooh, interesting. That's your sneakiest? My sneakiest was going to be your Sunday night football game, Chiefs-Packers. Yeah, I think that's going to be, hopefully, best I can ask for is a good game. All right, going into our pick six, we'll go down. I'll go one for one. Well, last week you went three for three, I believe, right? Three and three again. So that puts you at 37 and 31, or 37 and 34 and one. Mm-hmm. I am one and four right now, mm-hmm. I do believe, and I can go two and four or one and five. <laughs> so right now that puts me – I'm doing dog shit recently. Um, that puts me at – 36 and 34 in one with one plus one game to spare. Um, okay. So I can tie it up or you can, for the first time all season, go ahead of me. Yeah, um, I've been behind. I've only been able to tie you. I've not been able to get a lead at all. What do you, so my first game I have, I have Seahawks plus eight and a half. Oh, give me Dallas. Minus okay. eight and a half. Yep. Lions minus four. You skipped like way past the one I had, but I have Lions minus four too. Okay. My next one I have is Falcons minus three. Uh, my next one is Steelers minus five and a half. Next one I have is 49ers minus two and a half. You have 49ers minus two and a half. I have Eagles plus two and a half. Next one I have is Rams minus four. Rams minus open four. Open, I'm fading that one. I have Green Bay Packers minus six and a half. Plus six and a Plus half. Plus six and a half. Funny enough, I wanted to pick Packers on a bet. I thought it was legal in New York over when I was in New York. I wanted to put them minus three instead of they were nine point underdogs and it was yeah. going to be like a plus 470 payout. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is going to hit. And I fucking, I fucking didn't do it. All right, my last one I have is Chiefs minus six and a half. So, Ooh. a lot of uh, a lot of fades on each other right now. And then my last pick, I know I was trying to stay with you. Um, and pick like if you picked one side, I was gonna uh, like my pick on the same one was the opposite. Um, my last one is 
Indianapolis Colts minus two and a half against the Tennessee Titans and Will Levis. That is our pick six, folks. It's it's getting tight. It's getting both of us are basically five hundred on the year, which is painfully average. But we'll head into our last segment. Who's got the juice? Uh, last week I highlighted Tank Dell, and Tank Dell had another touchdown, but didn't have an like an explosive explosive game. Um, he ended up with seventeen point two fantasy points. He had five receptions for fifty yards and a touchdown. This week, who I will highlight for my who's got the juice is. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has been on a ultimate tear this season. Last week, he put up 23.6 fantasy points. He had 14 receptions for 106 yards. 14 receptions is absurd. And he had 16 targets. He has put up over 10 catches three weeks in a row and four times on the season. That is unreal if you're in a ppr league he is tearing it up for you keenan allen has got the juice and he's one of justin herbert's favorite targets who do you got cole i have Dak prescott the man himself last five games he's had 71 over 71 percent completion percentage 17 touchdowns and only two interceptions so like he's legitimately to me, I don't. I like looked it up. Like, who are the odds-on favorites for NFL MVP? And I'm kind of shocked that with the national viewing of viewership Cowboys. of the Cowboys and everything, how there's not more hype around Dak Prescott right now. He's been incredible, and I know they've played lesser teams, you know, and they've just been padding stats. But Right now, he's on pace to go 36 touchdowns, only nine interceptions, and over 4,500 passing yards on an over 70% completion percentage. Like, that's an MVP season. It's impressive. And the fact that he's only, he's only like, right now his stats are 23 touchdowns, six interceptions. That's one of the best ratios right now out of the quarterbacks this the season. The whole NFL. In, yeah. in a in a In a year where quarterback play has been down and every quarterback is injured. Yeah, and it's really just – I want to say that it is the best QB touchdown-interception ratio. But, oh, but yeah, I uh, I don't know. I thought he, he's been playing really good these last few weeks, and if he can go in and beat some of these best teams, that's going to be what matters. Yep. Well, that'll do it for another episode of Eminem Going Deep. This is week 13, folks. NFL season is – in full swing, in full stride. Hopefully next time you hear from us, I will have spurs on my feet. And uh, Cole will be happy with the Packers. And as always, folks...